Welcome to the drop-in. I'm Tanya. And I'm Agatha. And today we're talking about mental health. So let's drop in. We're back talking about some juicy things today. All about yeah. Yeah. Our our brain chemistry. (laughs) Our brain chemistry. Yeah. Anxiety, depression, trauma, emotions, feelings, day-to-day management of taking care of ourselves and our mental state, emotional state. Yeah. Um, and what you know, what helps yeah. us, I guess, in those yeah. in those periods and pockets of um, feeling the feels. <laughs> mm. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess this topic was something that I've kind of been feeling into um, recently. I've yeah, I guess I've had like a few moments of like my anxiety creeping in a little bit more the last few weeks. Um, and it is something that I've kind of managed and um, been quite aware of since almost I was a teenager, I would say. Um, it's not a new thing for me. Um, so I've had a, a lot of years just kind of managing the ebbs and flows of what kind of comes in and out. Um, and I guess just my, my own background is I ended up going on some anti-anxiety medication last year for the first time and it just really helped me um you know I just want to kind of put that out there that I am kind of supported with some some medication as well um but it's also been really um good to have the space in my brain once again to almost like acknowledge when those loops are coming up for me um, because I can go back to my other tools that I know really support me as well. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. But, yeah, recently I felt that a little bit of creeping in of what would maybe be called anxiety um, and, yeah, just an acknowledgement that it does ebb and flow and it's a constant like, relearning of what is maybe triggering you or bringing up these new emotions or same emotions um and yeah I think it's just an important topic to dive into because I think we all have an extent of this and sometimes you might just see the, the glossy picture of everyone kind of feeling good and looking happy um but there's there's always a little bit more to it yeah. yeah, and Aggie was saying just before we went on air, like breaking the stigma of I'm a put-together person. You know, we really never know what's going on for someone, like underneath, under the veil, you know, and that mm. it's like are we projecting what might be happening onto them from our own experience of life? Have they put on a facade that they are fronting to protect what's going on underneath or because they need to from a professional stance and it's just you know not the right space to share or express that stuff um you know I think it's um interesting to just acknowledge that everyone always has something going on we never and we can never assume what that might be and so I think a big part of understanding our own mental health makes us so much more compassionate about understanding and holding space for others to be as they are yeah. and be as they need to be and be more understanding to people's um, 
fluxes and flows and ebbs and dips um, as they show up because, you know, maybe they're behaving that way because something is happening for them. Um, yeah, and, and I, I think as you were saying that as well, I just maybe want to preface as well that I've obviously got a, a strong team of people who I see that are medical practitioners, like, you know, my GP and my psychologist and, um, you know, a bunch of support friends and whatnot. Um, so I'm very lucky in that regard um, to have that as a core network. Um, mm. And yeah, I think we'll also add some resources in the, in the link of, you know, if you need to reach out to someone um, at the moment, it's very valid and courageous and it's not always the easy thing, but I've found that it's usually the right thing. It's rewarding in the way, in, in other ways, in, in ways that feel, you know, helpful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think as well, like there is, when we think of anxiety, there is like the day-to-day -day anxiety that is an emotion and an experience that we all feel. And then there's that anxiety that is a, you know, health condition, a mental health condition that does require different sort of treatment. And so I think we'll be talking like more like between the two about our own experiences for me I haven't had a diagnosed um, anxiety condition but I definitely have a lot of anxiety in my system and an anxious person and have been experiencing it I think as you said the timeline like since I'd say since the end of high school onwards yeah. and sometimes it's worse other times it's better and there are definitely things for me that I observe in myself that make it worse um mm or that trigger me and activate me to bring it on. And there are things that are other people's triggers that maybe don't activate me as much. And then I also want to kind of, I'd love to just touch on as well, like that day-to-day -day depression that we all feel, not clinical depression, but just that ex experience and emotion of melancholy, of um, low mood depression that we do experience as humans and maybe trauma as well, which is a big experience for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think, all those things kind of make up this bigger picture of how we show up in our day-to-day. -day. And um, something I was kind of speaking to before we hit record was this idea of our feelings and kind of becoming really familiar with them and also giving them a name. Um, I think mm. Brene Brown kind of talks about this in her most recent uh, book, uh, Atlas of the Heart where she kind of describes different emotions and really expands on the vocabulary for different feelings we might um, feel in our body, um, in our mind, in our heart, um, and sometimes just having the word for what we're feeling as well can be like a really big milestone um, mm. because, and this is something I've been teaching to a group um, recently, is just this idea of we're not those feelings, we're not those words, we're not those labels, we're actually the one that um, that witnesses them um, and having that separation between the two, understanding that we're not this sensation that might overcome us. And this is true of the good and the bad feelings as well. So, you know, when we're in this euphoric, happy state, we're also not that, but we're experiencing that. Um, and so it's just something that, you know, obviously when you're in the crux of the feeling, you're not like, I am 
in witnessing my happiness or witnessing my um my sadness but sometimes it is like this distinction that you can make for yourself um yeah and I think it it has kind of shifted my mindset when I started putting that into practice it's like I know that all my feelings are going to change over time there's going to be that ebb and flow and I don't have to be one at all times yeah I really like that you mentioned that and it just makes me think emotions energy in motion like they're in motion and that the only constant is change. I always bring that back to myself when I am, you know, when you are going through these deep emotions that feel like all encompassing and all absorbing. And it's like, okay, this is the only constant is change. This will change. Um, and this is an emotion is energy in motion. Um, and I really, it's such a, a um, Buddhist and meditation um, teaching that sense of like awareness of like yes. I am myself and then my emotions and the sensations that I feel in the physical body and the mental state of the mind is all just something that the body and that you are experiencing but is not of you and it yes. makes me think it's like we need that time in stillness to be able to um, kind of filter through to find yes. our true self like our sense of self and then the next layer of emotions flowing through and it's um you know that time in stillness allows us to listen to that highest intelligence, which is awareness. And so that highest yeah. intelligence is that awareness state and that awareness state allows us to create that space or that distance between that is me, whereas, oh, okay, I am me and that is just something I'm experiencing. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Um, I often teach this principle with the, um, oh, I've forgotten his name, um, but the mountain meditation oh, and yeah. so seeing yourself as the mountain and then everything that happens around you is just the weather or the the storm or um, the seasons changing you know and so we are actually like just there being the witness to everything that changes around us and mm. I mean in instance the weather is those feelings those those things that come in, you could also think of it as traffic. Sometimes that is how it kind of comes up in meditations. Like you, you're just observing the traffic of the mind as well. Mm. Um, yeah. So these are the things that I, I try and teach to this group in particular around feelings. And it's been really good, I think, for them as a baseline and just something that has also been good for me to be teaching and reiterating because I also see it within myself. It's like I just need to remind myself it's just the weather, you know, the weather report. I kind of say that to myself mm. sometimes. Um, I like that, the weather report. Another phrase I really like to do is when you actually do take the time to be still and reflect, it's like a time of mental laundry. I really like mm. using that phrase. But like the weather might be happening, but then actually when we actually sit down to look at the weather and check check in on the weather, that's then that mental laundry of like, okay, let me clean through and organize through all this shit going yeah. on in, in the brain and the head and the thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Kind of makes me think of like when you get on a plane and mm. there's like maybe a storm, but then you like kind of go above the clouds mm. and it's just still. Yeah. And yeah, there's this sense of like you kind of need to get past the 
the thought process or whatever it is, those clouds, that weather, yeah. in order to find that kind of plain sailing. <laughs> but you got to go through. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, I think what I want to, I just think when it comes to anxiety, I kind of want to share like the things that really trigger my anxiety, mm. like just as a baseline, because I think it's really different for everyone. And for me, like health stuff and body, like physical injury and physical like sickness and illness really trigger my anxiety and then impact my breathing massively. And that's due to so many things from my history and past. But just for me, like breathing really, if, as soon as my breathing is impacted, mad anxiety, which then doesn't help your breathing and then like mm. creates more constriction in the body and then like less ability for everything to, it just kind of exacerbates it. Um, yeah. And then if I do have an injury or an illness, I do find I often can get more anxious or um, stressed about and like, uh it's not hypochondria but like oh my god worst case scenario what could this yeah. thing be Bit you know like and just go catastrophizing there. catastrophizing yeah I yeah. can really do that and um so that can be a mad trigger for me um comparison I think as well like in business and work I found that Instagram was so bad for my anxiety um that I had to get rid of it because I was like it's just not working yeah. for me you know, and so many other reasons that I chose to get rid of that. But like at the end of the day, I really checked in with my mental health and I was like, this is not for me. And it's so good for so many people. But that one thing and it was like I had to it, it took me identifying it and removing it to take that away. But it was like multi the comparison element, the like overload of information and constant input of information as yeah. well, like that too muchness to process. Um, Definitely. That was something that was tricky for me. Yeah, I think thanks um, for sharing. I think it's very relatable. Um, and then what you one share. Other thing, yeah. One other thing as well is for me as a someone who works job, but then also wants to work on my own business, that blurred line, I find that my routine and the structure of my life and schedule can really impact my anxiety. So like, for example, when I was teaching yoga, but or even now and when if I work, but I have a lot of time free in the beginning of the day and I don't start till later, I can get, I find I have a lot of anxiety with how to spend my time, you know, mm -hmm. and that's something that I'm really trying to figure out how to create the right routine and structure to help myself through that. But that kind of spaciousness, waiting around, like preserving my energy for working later in the day kind of does has a bit of a dance in my head um yeah. something that I haven't quite figured out yet to be honest I can relate to that yeah. as well <laughs> and then um, other things can be like obligations and expectations that come from others can um FOMO yeah. that can kind of that but especially that like familial obligation or old patterning that you might have with a certain part relationship in your life be it your mother or boss or sister or best friend or whatever and that um like yeah management obligations and expectations of those sorts of relationships I find can trigger a bit of anxiety yeah 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 I think for myself um oh. the main one is like I put a lot of pressure on myself to be something specific mm. and like it's this like narrative that I create in my head of like this is the thing that you need to be mm. and then sometimes I can't like 
meet that standard that I've set for myself. So it's like yeah. a bit of perfectionism that kind of comes through as well yep. for me. Um, and I find that at least prior to medication, um, mm. it was a constant loop of like the same thoughts, same thoughts mm. looping. Like it wasn't, and I think this is where I was like, okay, I think I need to do something about it because mm. like I can't turn my brain off and like it really affected my sleep and um, it would really kind of affect my whole day really, like just mm. the, the the standard of my mood and my energy and the way I showed up for things. Um, and so what I found at least with the medication was that that loop stopped and like the the pressure is still there but I can kind of um not fall into that pattern of like that kind of almost wheel that hamster wheel being out of that would be so relieving yeah it was and it was like I I almost found it physically relieving as well because Mm. my brain had time to rest as well like for the first time in a like as I was going through this kind of I guess, spike of anxiety. Um, But, yeah, I think that is probably um, my main thing around this pressure of being someone or something specific. So whether it be, you know, being a good friend or being the most successful or being a good wife or being a good sister, daughter, you know, insert whatever. Being reliable, being compassionate, (laughs) being available, being supportive, you know. Yeah. And And so like these standards that we like that I have set for myself and I think over Mm. time I've really understood where I need to pull back, set my boundaries. Um, Mm. I think similar to you, the schedule thing is like really crucial for me um and it's a tricky one right manage your own time it really is tricky yeah yeah I I find like sometimes I need more space sometimes I need less space in order to just like Mm. not have the time to be in the thinking mode yes um Whereas other times I do need that space to kind of be in like creativity, intuition, um, yeah, creation mode. So it's really a balance of understanding what you need in the moment, but then also like future planning for yourself. So there is a bit of anxiety, quote unquote, getting that right as well. Yeah. Um, I often think as well, I remember when I was trying to navigate this through like a mentorship program and being it's like this balance that we want to find between the masculine and the feminine the structure the schedule the routine the kind of um logistics that come from the masculine and Mm -hmm. then the space for the freedom the creativity the space of the feminine and like the feminine cannot thrive if we don't have the structure of the masculine there like if we haven't done the math on whatever we need to do the math on that's you know we're ruminating in our mind or we haven't you know created the structure or specificness of what actually needs to happen um we can just kind of run rampant with like yeah Oh, what do I I do? Everything's a possibility. So I'm going to procrastinate and do nothing but feel like I should be, you know? I think I've always been really good at the masculine and that's probably Mm. just a reflection on like our society that we're brought up in and, you know, doing the planning but also just like 
the way my like my brain is wired mm. um and then so over time I've been giving myself more space but I yeah. also found that at a certain point I had too much space I and did so too. It's like oh my god it's not good it? that back <laughs> in. yeah 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 and just yeah, too like much space is not good yeah a bit more purpose as well and a bit yes. more direction and you know you can kind of I think when you have too much space I I personally found myself entering more of like the depression it's melancholy quite it's quite numbing um, and it's it's sedating it's quite a sedative very um yeah tamasic like kind of bolt like stone heavy yeah you know you don't really want to move and I don't have know. less was... energy yeah I really because... found that this year as well when I started doing more I surprised myself I was like I'm going to see if I have more energy and I surprised myself with how much I actually do have and just then noticing oh my god how sedated I was by all the space you know yeah. that did exist yeah, um, I definitely but I had also, a similar experience. <laughs> yeah, I feel I see that it, like that we've kind of had that, and I also yeah. I find that there is also a a dance that happens though between. So for me, there's a big part of preservation of energy due to health conditions, like chronic health conditions that um, mm. I have or have like have had mostly have, and it's like they require a certain care on my end and management of my energy, but then. At what cost do that does that preservation of energy and management of energy start to overrun my life? And I find the balance between the wellness industry, which I am a part of and such a support of, and then the dance between actually doing shit and using my energy and like very tricky to not feel guilt. And then like the guilt cycle of like, oh, I'm doing yeah. too much. That's can be quite tricky, that balance. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like I don't know, sometimes I'm like balance is great, but there are days in my weeks where I'm like I know I'm going to be busier. Yeah. And I just kind of lean into it a little bit and I am tired at the end of the day, but then I'll also have like a bit of space the next morning or something mm. like that. And yeah. so that's how I kind of see balance yeah. more than oh I need yeah. to get it like you know Goldilocks just right like at all times (laughs) but I think as well that can bring up its own narratives and especially now meant the state if we think of mental health of like am I taking good enough care of myself you know and then the the negative self-talk that comes along on yeah and I think it kind of intentions um, you know I think it kind of like plays into that that third topic of trauma a little bit um that's true and um and maybe like, you know, with health, if you haven't been heard um, through the medical system in the past, or if you've had like traumatic experiences within your own body, um, or whatever that is, it can bring up that sensation again. So it's like your body kind of is in self-preservation mode, I find. Yeah. That's um, what, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's just like my take on it because I also have had like chronic stuff and, yeah, there has been that needing to conserve my energy as well. Mm. But it's also like rewriting that story because like sometimes, okay, that's what I needed then, but then it's like 
I've evolved now. Like I don't need the same thing anymore. And like it's like reviewing, rewiring. Yeah. 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 Who it's um, okay now? Who am I? What do I yeah. need now? Is that story still true? Yeah. yeah. And I think that is like sometimes what happens with anxiety. We can kind of get stuck in those old loops and those mm. old stories of ourselves, which maybe served us at a certain point, but they're actually not serving us anymore and that's why they feel so big and like overwhelming sometimes because you kind of are like not the same person anymore and so you're trying to like almost fit into a new thing and change is hard and overwhelming (laughs) at the best of times yeah Mm. It's like um, taking on now the new identity I am. Affirmations can be very helpful with those shifts, I find. Mm. But, like, yeah, I find okay. my therapist will often, when when it's time, she's like, okay, this is now the new story. This is the new affirmation. Let's reframe that because that's that's not that's not the truth anymore. Yeah. That was the truth, yeah. but now this is the truth. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, I kind of want to touch a little bit on the trauma side of things. Mm. Um, and I guess, like, been working um with women who have had like extensive or um severe trauma um Mm. especially in the yoga space and I think it's just something to be mindful of like obviously if you're um, a practitioner or a teacher um but I think what might work for you doesn't always work for the room and um, just like a, an awareness of that. And I think um, I've still been learning as I go because, you know, you have different bodies in the room and there are, you can kind of begin to see the signs of this anxiety or overthinking come up sometimes for people. Um, but I just wanted to name a few of the things that I know can be maybe triggers for people in those scenarios. Um, so things like smells can really trigger people, um, sounds, even stillness, which for us is such a remedy, but for others might be really alarming to be in such stillness or darkness, um, heat, like being too hot or too dark. Um, so light perception as well is really interesting. Um, so you're probably like, how do I manage all this? <laughs> like these things are really hard to control for like eight people or 10 people in a room, but I think it's just more an awareness of it. Um, and yeah, I've been finding it really interesting to kind of see the different facets of people um, and you know, what might work for one doesn't always work for the other. Um, So, and this is true for in any scenario, really. But um, I think it's just interesting to think about it in that context as well, how our trauma might come up in our practice as well, or as anxiety. Yeah, massively. I think it definitely shows up because our practice, if we're thinking of the yoga practice, is like truth telling and it's about getting to like the source of how we feel in the present moment and so whatever and like certain things that are going to happen on that journey through that practice are going to trigger or activate certain new thoughts and stuff because like I know when I practice these days 
there's so much different sorts of anxieties coming up all the time um, and things like in different traumas that I'm managing and stuff the whole way through and stories that I'm rewriting um, to the point that I don't think any student of mine would know that that's what yeah, I go through definitely. when I practice yoga, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, this is like a safe space for us to share these things yeah and like I think that's another part of why I wanted to talk about this because yeah we are just human beings like on the same journey maybe we have a bit of extra knowledge about a specific field but we're still kind of moving through emotions and feelings and changes um and yeah we have we have these things that show up for us that can sometimes be hard and heavy um but yeah, I think for me, particularly like yoga and practice and rest and meditation and all the good stuff that has helped me has been like, I, I liked what you said about being a truth teller. It's, it mm. can't really hide once you get on the mat from what mm. you're feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it just is there waiting for you. Um and sometimes it can be really tough to to face it. Um, and other mm. days it feels like really juicy and sweet. Um, but other days you might end up in like a ball. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think as well, I I um love meditation and it's something I definitely dip in and out of. Like I have consistent practice and the ebbs and flows and then it's then it goes away and then it's consistent again and then it goes away. Yeah. And something that I've definitely noticed is like the regularity for me of a meditation practice has a massive, I'm talking like just a 10-minute meditation a day, has a massive impact on the my whole state of being, like my capacity to love, my capacity to feel more regulated in my life, um, in my emotions. Mm-hmm my availability and readiness to um, respond to life and respond to people and my availability for people around me as well and my management of my time and my day as well gets so much better. And it's just so interesting that that routine of that, as soon as it's taken away, I do really start to notice the the ripple effects of um, how it does in many ways hold parts of my life together quite nicely and when it's not there, those pieces are a little bit more I'm a bit more untethered and to the point where even my partner said we were having a little couples chat the other day um and he said and I was like I need to like since I've had this transition in work and career I'm finding it hard to just find my groove again and my routine and schedule with change and it's just like having it it's having an impact and he's like yeah I notice a massive difference when you are doing it in just all states of how you show up in life to when you're you're not doing it as consistently and maybe only like two or three times a week. So mm. um, yeah, I just do I do think meditation, just that awareness practice, awareness of what's going on is so is so powerful. Is so so yeah. powerful for enjoying ourselves and regulating ourselves. I, agree. I think it's yeah. just a moment to sit down with yourself and be like, oh okay, that's actually niggling at me at the moment. Yeah. And then you you almost have an awareness of it throughout your day, even if it's mm. still there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just – and I'm the same. I, I definitely dip in and out. Um, and when I do have that consistent practice, it's, yeah, 
it's it just shows <laughs> it does it shows um, yeah yeah um and sometimes I won't get to it at the same time every day and I think that's also worth mentioning like it doesn't yeah. like some people might thrive with that that kind of consistency but I know for me like um I've learned that I I need to move my body first thing but I don't necessarily um always get there and so I'm I'm also trying to be flexible with where I find those pockets of time for myself um and maybe it is just in the afternoon or just before bed or whatever it is and just having that regroup with myself um yeah it's like again I think it's like the pressure I put on myself to be someone mm. specific of like I must be a meditator at the the crack of dawn yeah no. um, <laughs> I think it's like if you decide you want to do it you just make sure you do it every day like yeah. and if you skip yeah. a day you skip a day most days but like yeah. the consist there is something in the consistency of it definitely yeah yeah oh, I agree like when I have had like a very consistent practice, I can see the 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 benefits, but I also find myself becoming that that stringent person, that perfectionist. Yeah, and so for me, it's something I have to be aware of and careful of because yeah. I have a pattern of if I don't do it in this way, then I won't do it. And I think um, this is something that um, those of us that are in the wellness industry actually fall into quite easily and it's really important to catch ourselves where are we just adding all these things onto our to-do list that have to be done at this time of day in this way that is just kind of um, like I don't know like sucking the life out of yeah, us it's the joy actually, yeah the, sucking the, the joy yeah and just letting it there is that sense of letting it ebb and flow a little bit um and I think what uh, the thing with meditation is in that stillness, we just get to check in. As you said at the start, we go back to that state of who, like I amness, and then that separation through the clouds to emotions over here, you know, yeah. that distance through just connecting back to our higher intelligence. And when we come back to that state of like inner connection, higher intelligence, soul, heart, love, whatever you want to call it, you, you do feel there is a relief because you're like, oh, this is me here. Mm. this is here and like the tendrils the tension the tethering of all the other stuff can just loosen just a little bit because you're like oh it's not actually I'm, I'm putting too much importance in these things and they're there yes. is they don't I don't need to make myself suffer so much yeah it's a it's a softening it's, mm. a, it's a release it's a letting go um and yeah on a good day that's such good meditation <laughs> yeah such good mental training such good mental yeah training. yeah I think it's like um so important for yeah just everything that we do this this coming back to that awareness of our feelings of our sensations um yeah even within our own body I think sometimes we can be like really tight or tense and yeah, in my meditation, I just sometimes noticed that. I was like, oh, I've been holding my shoulders a little bit too mm. too high or, you know, just letting go. And there's a moment to just come back to that that truth that is you without the gunk that sometimes gets attached. 
And I also just want to say, like, when it comes to, yeah, managing these things, I think rest is a really beautiful one. Exercise and movement, as you said, first thing in the morning, that's a key thing for me as well. And it took me a while to figure out what is the thing I need in the morning? Is it meditation? Is it a walk? Is it, you know, yoga? Like, go through the list. And for me, some sort of movement as well is my medicine in the morning. That really, and getting outside and then, like, eating food. So that I'm like, cool, <laughs> tick, tick, tick. And like those yeah. things all have an impact on then how we feel in the day. Um, but if Definitely. I leave it to later in the day, I feel really sluggish. Everything's not circulating well. My mind's looping more because it. I feel like almost the energy's gotten more constricted and contained up there and isn't like I haven't let it like yeah. circulate out in a way. I don't know. Yeah, um, I get that a lot. And, yeah, there's – um. For me, like I think the way maybe you have uh, that connection to health, I've definitely felt like my own anxiety connected to exercise and body. Um, And so it's been something that I've worked with for years now around having to kind of move but in my own way. Like Mm. maybe it is a walk that I'm feeling today and just Mm. really listening to what I need in that day um but I know that not everyone is like that and that having that consistent routine is really good for some um but I'm just here to say that I am not that kind of person I know that I need to move but I don't put the pressure anymore of like I'm gonna do like I don't know five yoga classes this week like I'm just like this is how I'm feeling today that's your consistency Yeah. yeah Yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. That's the same for me. That's how I work. But we are also unique and different when it comes to those sorts of things. Yeah, totally. I also think as well, like our mental health is a direct reflection of how we take care of ourselves. And like when we're taking care of ourselves, our mental mm. health flourishes. Um, obviously, like things come up, but generally as our mental health depletes, it encourage it almost like stops us from taking as good care of ourselves so it's like a self-perpetuating cycle um so making sure that we are you know the basic human things like sleep relaxation practice fresh air good food um movement and exercise like those basic things even like hygiene and like hygiene yeah um cleaning your house yeah (laughs) um I had a day on Tuesday where I was feeling pretty like sluggish and in my head and whatever. And I was like, okay, taking the morning. And sometimes you end up having to take more time out Mm. of your day to kind of almost recoup if you've been like on overdrive and not taking care of yourself as well, I find. Um, So, yeah, I've also been doing a bianga, so like massaging Mm, the body with um, warm oil and that's been really nice recently to just be in like that connection with body um, and it also makes me notice where I'm holding tension in the mm. moment um, and then also like great nice... for the dry winter skin too yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then yeah just loving like a hot shower washing my hair after that and just mm. like cozying up afterwards it's like it's really nice um that's something I've been doing for myself recently but um Mm. yeah just little things that even before this I was like I'm gonna turn my candle on because that makes me feel a bit more 
nourished in a laptop setting um so little things that you can do for yourself as well like sometimes if I've just done something I'll just do a little spritz of some kind of essential oil or some one minute meditation you know yeah Yeah. something that grounds me back into that sense of self yeah. yeah. And I do think as well, managing our stress is a direct connection to our state of mental health, because if we are stressed and if we're too busy and we're doing too much and we're too full and there's too much input and we're just, there is no room for filtering through what's going on and checking mm. in with what's going on and managing it. So I know like the busier I am, Often we can become more efficient with our energy and fit those things in in a more efficient way, but then there's a line where we tip into just too busy and we stop doing taking care, yeah. and then we actually don't even sit and look and listen at what's going on. And this is when totally. then you're ruminating and looping before you go to bed at night because you haven't taken a moment through the day to do that. So the brain has to figure out when it's going to do it, and it's going to do it when your head hits the pillow at night because it's like, well, yeah. now's the time. And so then it all yeah. da, 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 impacts. And kind of yeah. makes me think, I don't know why this has come up, but like my coffee machine, it has like a maintenance thing like every mm. few months. And um, obviously we should be doing it more than every few months, like our own personal maintenance. But if, you know, we skip it for some reason, it starts to get like clogged up and like doesn't steam properly, the coffee doesn't come mm-hmm. out. And so mm-hmm. like can we think of ourselves as you know having that self-maintenance as well where we kind of need to like oil things up or do a flush or whatever it is um and yeah I think if not it, it just becomes this backlog of energy frustration anxiety looping whatever it is um yeah and I liked what you said about hitting the pillow because I can definitely relate to that in previous mm-hmm. previous lifetimes yeah of just that anxiety meeting me during I think sleep. having a rest practice really is such a good key to min- mitigating that or like mm. decreasing the intensity of it um yes yeah no yeah. it's not like a oh my god it's gonna fix everything but I do think it helps yeah it makes me down. think of like how connected anxiety is as well to like the nervous system as well yes And how much, like, I know for me, like, my triggers within my body when I'm starting to feel that way. Like, for me, I get, like, hand and feet joint pain, which is, like, random, but that's just how I start feeling. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't know, like, my shoulders get pretty heavy. I feel very lethargic. And that's, for me, like, a red flag of, like, you haven't been taking enough time for yourself so it's usually a moment where I'm like okay I need to stop do my practice come back to rest nidra whatever it is that you're doing um for yourself um but yeah like also understanding what those things are within your own body which can take time to develop a bit of a a conversation with your own body on what those things are um, but it's maybe like a little awareness tool that I use for myself as well. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's about choosing to look in and tune in and build that awareness. And sometimes for me, like a therapist is really supportive in doing that as well. Journaling practices, mm. all the homework I get from doing therapy, as well as all these other things we've spoken about um, yeah. are really helpful. And also like 
if I think about like my hormone management and stuff too, like that's a big impact. Because for me, like I get that mad depression luteal phase just before the period and it's fucking Mm. horrible. Like you'll have the spike of anxiety, which is just like you feel like you're wound up like a mouse running around and then you get that like drop of depression where the world (laughs) is ending and doom and gloom and then all of a sudden your period comes and it cleans the slate. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I think in those moments, yeah. I need I can like say, mm, yeah. No, no, you go. <laughs> I need like that's all my tools to help me through that, but also just to also sit and wallow in it. But I think having some people to talk to is key in those moments. Like yeah. having my partner that I trust and feel safe with and can share everything with to talk to, I find very, very helpful. Or reaching out to a friend. Um, but yeah, I find in those moments that communication yeah. as well as all the self-care practices um really um, helpful. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah. surprisingly, and, I mean, this is just me I'm not saying this will be you, but um, taking those anti-anxiety medications helped my period so much. Like, oh, good. That, that pre-period phase, I would, I would just get so low yeah. to the point where I'd have to, like, sit in a room and cry. Um, and it just was not, like... It wasn't fun anymore. Like it's okay Mm. to wallow for like, you know, a day, but it was just, it was all consuming. Um, And it was just something that, yeah, I just found that it was just, it really has helped that, that phase, um, um, which is interesting because sometimes there is this connection of anxiety with our hormonal shifts. So, Mm. yeah, I don't know. It was like an unexpected bonus of it all. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, I think I'm. I've said everything I need to say about yeah. this for now. But um, I mean, it's bigger. But I think let's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, it's always going to be evolving as well. Um, this this learning about self. But if you do anything and take away anything, it's that coming back to that self awareness that noticing the thought patterns and I think also what we said around like have I outgrown this as well Mm. is really something that's a useful tool for for me as well yeah yeah and then I think as well knowing when the time is that you need to then seek something else seek additional help but that comes from that self-awareness it comes from that totally but also like I think maybe it was we spoke about this at one point where even looking for a therapist can be really overwhelming. Um, And even asking a friend to help you out with that or asking your doctor or asking, Mm. you know, um, someone who might already be seeing someone and seems to be happy with them as well. Like these are ways as well that I've been able to navigate that um, without going into the, into the, research rabbit hole which in itself can be anxiety ridden (laughs) yeah I I think that's really nice to share because that happened for me too and it's like when you're deep in it you don't have the energy to search and filter through for a therapist and I had to ask for a friend to do it for me I was like can you this here's a list find someone for me tell me who you recommend I'll call them (laughs) you know yeah and I did that and I was so grateful because that's what I needed otherwise I wouldn't have done it I was like I don't have the energy right now to do that like I need someone Mm. to help me help me yeah yeah 
yeah so like knowing that you can kind of even outsource something like that if mm. if it is you know available to you um yeah there's just like so much pressure we put on ourselves I think to to do it a certain way um that maybe start thinking a little bit outside of that box like I would never have done that like what Tanya has just shared but mm. it also has made me brave enough to then ask like my naturopath about um a counseling psychologist like which maybe I wouldn't have done previously so like little yeah. things like that where you where you have it in your awareness that um that maybe it, it sparks something in you yeah it's been a nice beautiful chat um yeah thank you for helpful. listening yeah. it's, <laughs> it's nice yeah. to just see that everyone is dealing with all these things we're all yeah. human yeah. yeah all human um where can people find you Tanya so you can reach out to us via the drop-in email, the drop-in p at gmail.com, or you can find me on my website, tanyav.com. Awesome. Um, and me, I'm agathacarmen.com, um, and I'm also on Instagram under agatha.carmen. Um, yeah, that's me. Thanks, folks. If you enjoyed this episode or a previous one, please like, share, rate, review. Um, it means the world to us. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.